When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PHNX live on a Friday. Welcome in your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. He's Bull Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. Leave us a like, drop us a subscription uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And let me first start off by saying, Bull Brock, got some egg on my face. I am very excited that Sean Payton is not the head coach of the oh, Arizona man. Cardinals today on a football Friday. I just want to get that off my chest. I've eaten all my crow. Yeah. I've put away, I've archived all the footage from November to February of us gushing over Sean Payton. I'm glad I'm not a Denver Bronco f- fanatic today. Can I just say that? No, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, I, I want to I express my sincere apology to to those of you who were on that uh that hype train in january in february uh before jonathan gannon was hired you know when we were there and cam cox and 12 news was showing the footage from behind of the trunk of a corolla of sean (laughs) payton walking out with cardinals president and owner michael bidwell and, and us getting excited about it but my god what an utter disaster he is. What an arrogant jerk he is. What a guy who does not take any accountability for his team being absolute just dog shit. Uh, I'm so I'm so happy that the Arizona Cardinals pivoted. They didn't buy into it. They didn't buy into the hype, and they decided to go a different direction with Jonathan Gannon because if, if we were to jump in the DeLorean, gun it to 88, and somehow – persuade Sean Payton or make him realize that, that the Denver Broncos are don't have it all together organizationally, like, you know, was reported. Uh, and he did become, you know, the Cardinals next head coach. It would be a worse situation here because it, it'd be probably similar where they're in that, in that weird place where they're, they're trying to rebuild, but they're also trying to compete at the same time. And it just doesn't work. The NFL doesn't work like that. You have to be all the, all in on both on one side of it. You can't rebuild and compete at the same time. So See, I'll push back a little bit. I think oh, okay. given, given the benefit of hindsight, and it's a, it's a long process. You would assume Sean Payton's going to be there. Maybe not. I think the Cardinals are better set up for success than the Broncos, given that they play in the NFC. And Mahomes is not in their division. And whereas they gave up premium assets on top of already giving up assets for Russell Wilson, the financial aspect of everything. Like if, if, if the Denver Broncos are at the bottom of the barrel, like the Cardinals are trending up, but most of that is due to the fact who they hired a general manager and, and head coach. And with, you probably don't get Monty Austin Ford. If you hire Sean Payton, Sean Payton probably picks uh, a puppet GM. So, I mean, well, very- Monty was already in place, right? I mean, they no, didn't I don't inter- think, you think Monty yeah. was hired that day? He was. Okay. Monty was, he was. Okay. So, and remember, I had asked Monty Austin Ford if he if he if he had passed. I his, do remember that. His I passed that crossed out. with with Sean Payton. Right. Uh, but look, it, like 
he would he have pressed for them to keep Zach Allen? Would he have pressed for them to get Byron Murphy? Would they have brought in like Jameis Winston? Like they would have brought they wouldn't have cleared the way for consistent success in the future. They would have been Sean Payton as as we've seen like he wanted to bring in some of his guys and he wanted to spend money and and the Broncos did. It just hasn't worked out. It hasn't no. worked at all. Would they have kept Vance Joseph? No, that they would have, have been a disaster. They would have hired Vic, they would have hired Vic Fangio. Vic uh, Fangio supposedly was supposed to go with Sean wherever he went, but then he picked the team. Yeah, fired Vic Fangio eighteen months before. But yeah, I, I air fried my crow. I uh, I wanted to get just kind of I got it played it. It was uh it, w- it wasn't that bad. But there's I nobody it. more humble than me, and we have a cleansing the Sean Payton cleanse. I thought was appropriate at the top of the show because their yeah. season's over. They're one in five. Our friends at DMVR, God love them. Zach Stevens does a fantastic job. They've moved on to, to Caleb Williams, so God bless them on that they journey. Did. We have. We have our own journey here on this podcast, and it's SOS Kyler Murray and Buda Baker. We're going to talk about that. First, the Cardinals have a game to be played this weekend. They're plus 250, as you mentioned to me, off air with our friends at BetMGM. But before that, Bo, they practiced today at the Tempe facility, and uh, I think good vibes offensively outside of James Conner. Not so great vibes defensively. What more can you tell us? Well, Jalen Thompson, he hasn't practiced all week. He's been around the team. Uh, it looks like he's gearing up, hopefully for just a short stint off the playing field. But he's officially ruled out they won't have another top-tier safety. So both of your your top safeties are out. Buda Baker needs to miss at least one more game. We asked Jonathan Gannon, you know, is, is he prepared for Buda to come back Monday? Um, he says, we'll see. I mean, Jonathan Gannon, uh, today, it was a, a run of at the beginning of his press conference, his media availability today, we started, <laughs> we were just firing off and he was just firing back with Garrett Williams. He's like trending in the right direction. Dennis Daly trending in the right direction. Keontae Ingram trending in the right direction. What does that mean, Jonathan? What does that mean? It means the guys are getting healthier, but that's all I'm going to tell you. Right. Um, and Keontae Ingram did not have an injury designation for the game on Sunday, so that means he's good to go. Keontae Ingram, who's been out with a neck issue, he's been limited in practice, but he said he, he was a participant in a pretty physical practice on Thursday, practiced again on Friday. Keontae Ingram is is, is there, and uh, he's he's RB one on the depth chart. We'll get more into it, but you know I think that he's going to be get the first crack at this 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 running back committee that they're going to move forward with in the absence of James Conner. But you know back to the defense, Jonathan Ledbetter is going to be welcome with open arms. They're going to get a big some beef in the middle of that defense that's been missing for the last couple of weeks as he's been kind of trying to figure out how he's going to play with this finger issue because uh, it's it's I mean you're saying oh it's a it's just a finger. But when you're when you're using your hands as much as defensive linemen and you're putting them on a, on an offensive lineman right out of the gates each and every play, it's tough not to play. Uh, it's tough to play with that. So uh, they get a little healthier up front. The back end is it's a mess, Johnny. Yeah, it's rough. Times are tough. Now Garrett Williams, do you think he makes his debut this weekend? He's had two full weeks of practice. Yeah. Don't make that face. Don't make sad boy face. No, I People just don't saying, think. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. No. Wow. I think that it's going to be Antonio Hamilton in the slot taken up where Jalen Thompson was, and then you're going to have Keytrell Clark return to hit this, his snap load that we saw him play before last week, and then Marco Wilson, who, you know, you look at the stats, you look at the next-level analytics, he's one of the worst-performing cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, pretty bad for for old Marco. And, that, I mean, the three weeks, and then they'll activate him, right? Like, they'll activate him next week ahead of the Seattle game because they'd have to. 
is kind of the same approach I think they're going to take with somebody else that's got to come off of Pup here pretty soon. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, this this defensive secondary, like the expectations, I would say, could not be lower through, you know, no fault of the coaching staff. Like these, these are the chips they've been dealt. These are hand, excuse me, the, the cards they've been dealt. They've got to play what they've got. And like they didn't sign a bunch of robust free agents. They didn't take a top corner in the draft outside of Garrett Williams, who was a, everybody knew it's a roll the dice win and how he would play if he would be effective this year. We still don't have the answer to that. Like uh, we talked about Devin Witherspoon and we talked about some of these other corners Talked about the kid out of New England that unfortunately he's going to miss the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, the kid out of Oregon. Like the Cardinals didn't go that route. So it's like, okay, get the duct tape out and make mm -hmm. it work until 2024. And we're seeing now, okay, people have viable passing attacks. You're playing some of the best quarterbacks that you've got on your schedule. Yeah. It, it could be rough. Like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, with even without T. Higgins, that was a that was a problem matchup before the schedule was when the schedule was released before they played this year. So I, you know, for anybody who's going to say like, how are we going to stop these guys? I think we're asking the wrong question. It should be, how do we light up Matthew Stafford's immobile ass on Sunday? That's the question we should be asking. Yeah. Like Jonathan, I don't expect Jonathan Gannon to get all up in people technique wise at cornerback. Like you just, you, you try to make do you hope Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. We're going to talk about that are back next week, but this week it's all about the, the edge rushers, that are coming after Matthew Stafford with a, I, I would say, middling offensive line. Can you light him up and make him uncomfortable? Can you manipulate the line of scrimmage on early rundowns with Ledbetter and, and Dante Stills, who's playing well? And then when it's time to get after people, make it uncomfortable for Stafford because, you know, even if Cooper Cup's right open and, and um, Puka is, is wide open, mm -hmm. if Stafford's uncomfortable and he's erratic, he's inaccurate. Like even when the Cardinals would beat the Rams yeah. a couple times under Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph. I mean, they didn't have great lockdown corners with all due respect to Byron Murphy. It was Marco Wilson was a part of that group, but it was Chandler Jones. It was JJ Watt getting after Matthew Stafford. So I think at the end of the day, like I I'm so numb to what's happening in the secondary. I just expect people to be open anyway. Can right. You, can you make Matthew Stafford's been the theme of the entire week uncomfortable to the, to the point where he makes errant throws. The Cardinals got after Dak Prescott a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he threw an egregious pick because you're white. In the in the red zone, they they need to do that again because I I think Stafford's a little bit above Dak Prescott. I think we'd all agree Joe Burrow is better. Brock Purdy's playing at an unbelievable level right now. You can get after Stafford and make him make Aaron throws this Sunday, even with the Cardinals, you know, compromised defensive personnel. I mean, if they subdue the run game, like they've been doing a pretty damn good job about outside of the 49ers game, uh, you know, with which Christian is, McCaffrey. But he's an outlier. Outside I mean, of that, they've done a, a really decent job against the run game. If they can, you know, do a decent job, that's we're not asking for them to just shut it down, Kyron right. Williams. But if, if they do that and and they make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable, uncomfortable, that's a recipe for success. That it it's simpler, it's easier said than done. But they are set like to aid this ailing secondary. Um, if they can get it going on the front seven and they can take advantage of some which should be mismatches, even with you know some ham sandwich names on their own defensive line in their in their own right, you know, there you've got an interior offensive line. It's one of the worst in the league. I mean, as much as you might like Steve Avila as a prospect, it's not doing that great. He's actually leading the uh, Rams as far as highest amount of pressures surrendered. So, and, and their center play has been poor and, and their tackle play hasn't been that great either. I mean, this is, this is something that you should be able to expose enough. Like 
I'm not saying each and every series. Like I think Matthew Stafford and, and Cooper Cup and Puka are going to eat. You know, they're going to get enough. There's there's enough on that bone that they're going to be able to eat. But can your defense get the, off the field enough or make force enough turnovers or turnovers uh, or punts um, that that you can take advantage of? Because I think if you do, this is going to be a tight contest. If if you let them, you know, go and be the all-world wide receivers that everybody says they are, and Matthew Stafford looks like you know he did during that Super Bowl run, then it's going to be a long day. Yeah, and it's up to them. Like I I I think it's within reason. Like Nick Rallis and Jonathan Gannon can scheme up a quality game plan to slow down McVay. Like I have more confidence in them tongue in cheek than I, they might might not even have McVay on Sunday, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's what give share, share some more light on what's happening there. (laughs) I guess he's uh, they're expecting their first child. Yeah. And uh, that if his wife goes into labor, he is a family first guy. So we were kind of joking yesterday on the audio only podcast. We had used the verbiage of we need to induce uh, what was it? Kyler Murray coming back, right? He was yeah. like waiting for uh, to go into labor. And you had yeah. said, we need to, we need to induce Kyler Murray back onto the practice field. We need to induce Sean McVay's baby yeah. mama into hey, going into labor. Raheem, so he misses Sunday. Let Raheem coach this team. We saw how that worked <laughs> out when he was a head coach in Tampa Bay. But again, like I think everybody cautiously optimistic for a bounce back showing more viable. I mean, the Cardinal Bengal game, got out of hand, you know, mid mid to late third quarter. I mean, that that game was was tough to watch in the fourth quarter, especially with how Dobbs was playing the defense. But it was not late in the third play. quarter, they had a chance to take the lead. They had a chance to cut that thing into a one-point well, game. Tavon Wallace had the interception. Right. And then they went down and could have converted on fourth and short and opted for what we think was not a quality play call is my free screen frozen. What's you going are on? frozen. Look at that. It's not That's exactly. Not the look for me. <laughs> That's not a good look for me. All right. I'm coming right back. He's going to dip out. I do like that picture though. That, that's uh, not exactly the most flattering screen screen grab of the, uh, of the wing King there, but no, I mean, it would be, it would be, you know, if, if I think that they could, Nick Rollis needs to be able to, dial up more stops no doubt about it like they, there needs to be a few more punts than we've seen from this defense force the last couple of weeks it's been brutal i mean to go from san francisco or san francisco if it wasn't the end of a half or the end of the game i mean they had one stop against them they were five of six in touchdown scoring drives there he is way better hey. look than than old duck lips mcgee as far hey, as you <laughs> looked at my high school yearbook photo uh no i mean what are at the end of the day, like I, I think we're going to get a bounce back game from this team. But do they have the personnel to to be able to overcome all these injuries? I think it would be a modern miracle coaching job. When you look at this schedule, I mean, probably outside of San Francisco, and, and I mean, we didn't know it going into the season because we didn't know what uh, Puka Nakua was capable of. Like, right. knew nothing about the guy. Right, comes out, lights the world on fire, leading the league as far as what receptions, leading the NFL in receptions, and then Cooper Cup comes back. He's surgical as far as his route running ability. Triple Crown winner a couple of years ago. Um, when you look at this and, and you and like you can't find a worse moment to be down this tremendous in the secondary than this week. Am I right? But it's almost like you say that and it's almost too good to be true. Like I remember games of the past for this Cardinal team where the opposing secondary was was completely obliterated and the Cardinals had some quality pass catchers 
and they couldn't take advantage because the front seven of that opposing defense did their job. Like I remember Philadelphia came to town and that was the case. I, I remember situations against the Minnesota Vikings. Like I like defensive back play fine. The game is won outside of quarterback up front. And if you get after people, I, like the secondary kind of be damned. So the re- reason like a lot of these teams in the NFL today, they, they can do and get by and maybe win championships with B and C level defensive back play. Like if, but if your line is like the Cardinal line of scrimmage has not been good either. Like I, we put a lot of stock into what's going on with their cornerback play, which has been egregious, right? It's been terrible, mm-hmm. but like name a consistent ass kicker up front in their front seven on their front four of the defensive line. You I think what's coming back. I mean, I think Ledbetter is coming back. I mean, he's still, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I think he's a nice you. complimentary player. <laughs> he's, they they he's do leading not the team have pressure. Like, I, I think um, Ledbetter. We're gonna we're gonna make Ledbetter that that guy on the defensive line. I think he's a nice rotational maybe starter. He he like and that's what that's the best you're gonna get from this. this well, that's group. what I'm saying. So right. like I uh, we're gonna put I I get we but, watched the games on Sunday and yeah. people are running wide open and look at look at what these quarterbacks they have like seven to ten seconds right. in the pocket. Joe Burrow was running around like he was Lamar Jackson last week. Like right. the the closing ability of this defensive line is just not good enough. Like we talked about it on our audio only podcast. Like Cameron, where the fuck is Cameron Thomas? He's a yeah. shell of himself from last year. That guy was a, an a upward trajectory. He was on list coming into this offseason of a guy who could have 10 sacks this year. He looks like a vegetable. He can't get after people. I don't know if he's out of position or it's not working under Jonathan Gannon. That would be really unfortunate. But like they're Outside of the occasional Dennis Gardeck, Zayvon Collins rush, and then Victor Numikeji the first couple of weeks. Like, you do not feel like <laughs> this team is close to getting sacks outside of like two or three instances in a game. Right. They're just, they're just, and they're, and when they miss, they miss badly, which leads to huge broken plays. They're not making anybody uncomfortable. I love this from Cardiac Cards. Ledbetter's our Aaron Donald. Let us have this, Johnny. He's our war daddy, sad. baby. Now I'm even more sad than when my <laughs> face was frozen here a second ago. That I need a facelift from that comment because this this defensive line needs a facelift. That's He's sad. joking. There was a laughing emoji at the end of that. He was joking. But yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, Arizona animal. Ledbetter is the best that the Cardinals have, unfortunately. And yeah, I mean that that's what you're gonna get from a rebuilding team. But if you can't. Like your whole point is like the the way to elevate a pedestrian a below average secondary is pressure up front. It's it's really it's it's, it's the only way. It's the recipe and getting led better back helps. Dante Stills' his play uh, developing over the last couple of seasons. Got to get something from Lecky. Got to get something from Kevin Strong. Um, and and th- that's the, that's the hand you've been dealt. When you mentioned, and, like, but then on the edges, and, and I don't think this is an edges game. Like I, I, I mean, maybe Dennis Gardeck can can you go into his bag of trips tricks and and get uh, dial up another sack. But I haven't seen like we talked about it. I think on our audio only podcast last night, where it was like there's guys that are you know it's okay, right? They're get dialing up a little pressure here and there. They've got some sack numbers, and at the end of the year, you know, they can be anywhere from five to eight sacks. But where are you getting consistent pressure? Where where's where is Matthew Stafford have to say, hey, this is I, I better not stick back here too long, or, or this guy is going to put me on the turf. You, you don't have that guy right now. Nobody's emerged for the Cardinals right now to play that role. Well, and that's how you get after Stafford is he cannot he's immobile anyway. And like the play is over if you get interior pressure. Like he could extend it slightly, like Burrow did last week. If you're coming off the edge, the Cardinals have no disrupting 
three technique at all. Like I and Ledbetter is your closest thing. You just mentioned Lucky Foe too. When you mentioned Lucky Foe, I just get just make this kind of face because I'm just like, well, <laughs> he's a placeholder for somebody else right now. It's why we did our draft podcast. Check it out. It's on our YouTube page, and we talk about the need for a defensive tackle and one that everybody should keeping their eye on out of the University of Illinois. But, um, you know, I digress. Defensively, they got their work cut out for them. I would say it's a it's a huge win, Bo Brock, this week if the Cardinals can hold the Rams under 30 points. I think that they have a, a, a chance to win if that happens because they've allowed 30-plus points each of this, these, first, these last two games. Cincinnati had 49 points on the season coming into last week and scored 30-plus points. Probably could have scored more. So if, if you can go on the road – and get your bearings about you and give up 24, 26, you got a shot. I, I know people talked about it in the chat. Rams, their secondary is susceptible. So mm-hmm. let's change to the offensive side of the football, Bull Brock. Hollywood Brown, questionable, but we we expect the Cardinals wide receiver one to play this weekend, do we not? Yeah, he was uh he missed the day of practice. He's he's getting, you know, healthier each and every day, but dealt with a little bit of an illness. Um, and he should be good to go. I don't see him he's full. I mean, he was back on the practice field last two days. Yeah. I don't know why he would do that if he doesn't anticipate playing. He's officially questionable. I don't think there's, there's any question, or, you know, that he'll be out there. Um, and, and then you look at the running back position, which I touched on a little bit, but Keontae Ingram is, is full go. Maybe we're a little extra cautious the last couple of weeks with him with the neck issue, but he's he looks like he's full go. Amari Dermacato is somebody that had some success in, in place of James Conner when he went out in the first half last week. Uh, and then you look to get Michael Wilson back up to speed. And, and when you look at this, these wide receivers, and, and you got to have something, I think, from Rondell Moore this week. Like, you have to get something from Rondell Moore. And I see people, you know, clamoring for, for Greg Dorch in the chat, and, and hopefully he'll see more snaps on offense. But, you know, primarily like Hollywood Brown, kind of picks up where he left off in the first half last week before the pick six, Michael Wilson picks up where he finished with the San Francisco game and get Rondale Moore going any way you can, whether it's in the run game or in the pass game, if you can do that and expose the secondary for what it is in what somebody said, 31st ranked secondary in the, in the NFL, then you, you got a shot. You, you're going to have to score points. This is a secondary and a defense in general, bowl that has gotten worse as games have progressed. Like, they're kind of Cardinal-esque in that way. They gave up a huge second half, almost blew the game in overtime to Indianapolis and uh, Anthony Richardson. Like, they have not looked good in the second half of games. Like, you look up on red zone, it's like, oh, the Rams are winning. It's a one-possession game in the first quarter. And then the second half, the wheels fall off. And I think they suffer from a lot of the same problems the Cardinals have. It's just lack of depth and, yeah. and quality players, guys who have emerged, right? I mean, we laughed have been laughing at their defensive personnel into this offseason. Like, it's Aaron Donald and just a bunch of guys. So... I, this is a Drew Petsing game where it's like, hey, Drew, we need to pick ourselves up off the canvas. I had three turnovers last week. We're not going to win like that, given the state of this team. Dial some stuff up. Like you mentioned Rondell Moore. I'd be going back to that well multiple times this week. See if the little man can't break one. He's a weapon in the open field. Now, can you scheme him up against this Rams defense? I think you can. Not at the, the line of scrimmage. Though. I don't I don't want Rondell Moore anywhere near Aaron Donald. But the biggest thing for me, like Michael Wilson has to be targeted. He's got to be a factor. Yeah. Rhythm passes. We talk about rhythm carries for running backs. Michael Wilson needs five targets in the first half for me to feel satisfied. We're going to be sitting at BetMGM this weekend. I'm going to be watching the game with all of you with a big plate of nachos, a big plate of wings. And if, if number 13... Is he third, number 14's not yeah. eating? I'm going to be eating a bet MGM. If he's not eating against this Rams secondary, I'm going to be pissed off. 
and I'm going to start irresponsibly gambling at BetMGM because at the end of the day, perfect passer rating for Joshua Dobbs when he's when he's targeting the rookie. Um, so I I'm hopeful that they look at that last week and they said this didn't work against Cincinnati. We got away with what we do best, and you mentioned it, Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson. You can cook this Ram secondary with those. You can throw punches, you can throw jabs, and, and you can stay in this game where you will not stay in this game three and out, getting cute, sulking and pouting because you don't have James Conner. Like, I see a lot of people on the Twitter streets this week like, just do this at running back. No, you don't have James <laughs> Conner. He's a top 10 rusher. You're not right. going to be able to, to rectify that. So supplement it here and there. Go to your best players. Win or lose with your best players. I don't want to say, well, James Conner got, okay, 24 touches. Now we have to do that against DeMarcado and Keontae Ingram. No, it means you need to throw the football more to Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson because they're your two best players now. You go down the pecking order offensively. Well, you're going to see Joshua Dobbs' counterpart do that. Like He knows he'll go to as well. Yeah. To a fault, right? I mean, he's got five interceptions on the season. He's gonna he's gonna try to beat you with his his best playmakers, and and that's and that's Cup and that's Puka. And Joshua Dobbs needs to take a page out of that book. Like your two biggest playmakers on offense now are your wide receivers. It's your it's your X and your Z and, and Michael Wilson. And and hopefully, you know, like I said, you got to sprinkle in some some Rondell Moore, but really expose these these cornerbacks who really aren't that great. I mean, I was looking at the numbers today. Uh, you, you got Witherspoon. You've, you've got a couple of younger guys, Kobe Durant, who's struggling. We'll talk about him later. Um, they're, they're just a, a, a young, inexperienced group, guys that that really have no business starting on any in, in any NFL secondary, right? And, and Joshua Dobbs. I mean, I liked what I saw from him against the Bengals before the, you know, catastrophic mistake was made where, you know, Zach Pascal steps in front of one of his passes and it turns into a pick six where you can't make that, that, that mistake. But, you know, before that he was forcing the issue with Hollywood Brown. He was making big plays with Hollywood Brown early and often in that first half. I think, you know, he's like seven for 14 wasn't as accurate, but he was, they were getting chunk yards by, by getting number two involved. And then if you can get 14 involved in Michael Wilson, I mean, that's just going to be, if you force feed them against this Rams, I think if there's, when I, when I talked about a matchup nightmare for the Cardinals defense against this passing attack from the Rams, you can, you can equal that almost with what you've got. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't. That's why we've been saying all week. Like, I think these teams are closer than people think. Obviously LA has got the coaching advantage. They've got the quarterback advantage. They've got Cooper cup and Aaron Donald, but well, Cardinals the coaching advantage for now, but we're going to we'll speak into existence. Uh, we're going right. to reduce a little labor here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think gross? I'm off. Yeah. That uh, Bo's going hard in the paint with making sure Sean McVay does not make it to the game on Sunday. Let's pivot hard to the, to the super <laughs> chat. Greg, $2 need to link Zavin with OGs always looks blazed. Um, I I think that's the opposite of what we need from Zayvon Collins. Like we've talked about it. Like first off, he got his eye nearly poked out of his head (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. Was that the Dallas game? He said that his eye, when when you say that your eye was just kind of doing its own thing, it's never good. That's what it was doing. And it's still, still really red. Um, But yeah, we do, uh, you know, a big, big Zayvon game. Greg would be huge for this uh, pass rush. I mean, you're getting nothing from B.J. Ojolari, which stinks. Like, I thought last week they'd be able to get back into a groove, increase his snaps, but like somebody step up as a pass rusher and have a game where you make another a quarterback uncomfortable. Like, I, I do not want to do a post-game show 
on Sunday and basically say like, yeah, this, this defense is turning into the pumpkin. We all thought it would be because we lived in a reality for, for four plus weeks where it was like, damn, this unit's overachieving. Look how yeah. great they look. It's the coaching. It's the coordinators, right? It's the young players. And then it's like, I'm going to call the Bengals game an outlier. And I hope I'm, I hope I'm right. Cause again, I think they're capable. Will they be even more capable when Buda Baker comes back? We're going to talk about Buda yeah. and Kyler and next week in a second. But first, I want to remind everybody right now, you can dab on this game. As I mentioned, plus 250 bet MGM right now. Cardinals money line. Again, if you're a little bit queasy with the idea of betting the Cardinal money line this week, maybe this will entice you. Bet 10 bucks on this game or any game. Get $200 back instantly when you sign up with us at PHNX through bet MGM. Place your first offer using that bonus code PHNX of just 10 bones, regardless of the outcome of your wage, you're going to get $200 instantly in additional winnings. So again, your bet wins and it's plus 250, you're going to make some money and then some with the additional $200. So it's not and or you get both. But if it loses, if the Cardinals suffer a defeat or if you bet on a different game, you parlay it, doesn't work out, you get 200 bucks instantly for free from our friends at BetMGM. You just got to use that bonus code. It's a robust slate of games this weekend. Ton of quality stuff. If you're looking to play it safe, though, I mean, like the Buffalo Bills play what has equated to the New York Giants team. It's basically a Mac team right now, the New York Giants team. <laughs> so if you're, if you're thinking you want to play it safe, bet 10, get 200 bucks there, make like two cents, whatever you want to do, do it with BetMGM. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to my guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call okay. 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. The best little sidekick for any Arizona Cardinals football game is that Red Bird Lager from Four Peaks. Actually, any of their delicious brewed beer uh, goes best with uh, game day. Four Peaks, got to check them out in Tempe. Their 8th Street location has a full menu that you're not going to want to miss out on. You got to check it out for yourself if you haven't. Of course, they've got the appetizers, they've got the entrees, they've got the desserts, all delicious and all paired with their incredible beer that they brew right there. You know, pumpkin pour season, can't beat that. You got the flagship, Kilt Lifter, Unreal, number one wheat beer in the state of Arizona, talking about their Joy Bus. Wow, it's incredible. Love every beer from Four Peaks. You know, IPA, guy or gal, check out their full line of IPAs. My favorite IPA there, Raj. The Raj, you can get the Raj normal or you can get the Raj, the the bourbon aged barrel Raj, which is so smooth. It pairs perfect with a nice little dessert at the end of your meal. Check everything out. They got everything going on. They got all the full beers, the full line of fall beers over at Four Peaks. Got to be 21 years or older or 21 years or older to enjoy the beer as well. You got to drink it responsibly. Uh, I was thinking maybe we send some spicy food to Sean McVay's wife uh get, really get that get things going as far as he needs to be a daddy <laughs> I, I can't believe we're still on this i mean i guess good luck to him i i here's what i want it's almost would it be better though if she hasn't gone into labor yet and he's he's got his mind on other things like i don't know how i'd be able to focus if she's like on the edge of her seat about to go to the hospital mm -hmm. and subsequently he's like no just go go coach the game and maybe he's like 
making the wrong call on third down potentially because he's thinking about other things. Yeah. I'm just hoping that we just get a checked out Sean McVay this week. I'd rather have Raheem. I want, I want Raheem worse. Yeah, he's really bad. At his, <laughs> he's, he's definitely somebody I think the Cardinals could, could take advantage of. Um, so the game almost feels like, and I'm excited about this game this weekend because I think Cardinals are going to bounce back. It almost feels like a sub-bullet, though, to next week, Bo Brock. As soon as Sunday night, I think we could get an announcement as it relates to both Kyler Murray and Buda Baker. Now, you mentioned on our audio-only podcast, again, check it out. It was a loaded one last night, that Buda Baker, you would be, quote, shocked if Buda Baker wasn't activated off of injured reserve. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I just think that Buda Baker is, is somebody that's, like we've heard with Kyler Murray, is chomping at the bit to get back. And I'm sure he wasn't too excited to be placed on an injured list like he was the IR uh, with a hamstring issue, but he's been doing some things here and there. He's excited about you know his alma mater in, in Washington taking on Oregon tomorrow. Told us that uh, he actually did kind of like the inspirational hype speech before that game for his nice. Huskies who are taking on the Ducks tomorrow. Um, and he also told Jose Romero, who's a who's an Oregon alum, that the Huskies are going to win by thirty. So I don't know if you want to check out BetMGM there, but. Like I said, Buddha is, is alum, but he just seems like he's in good spirits and it seems like he's close. And it kind of fits within the timeline of, of most hamstring injuries that it just could line up that he's going to be designated return come Monday. And that would be a big boost to the back of this uh, back of this defense. And, you know, Jalen Thompson hasn't been MIA. He's been around the team. He hasn't been practicing, but, you know, he's he's been out there on the practice field just kind of mulling around his teammates and stuff. So it's not like they're hiding him or trying to keep him out of sight to rehab. So it feels like those two leaders on the back end of the defense that they're going to be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree. I think both of the safeties are potentially come back next week. Um, what a boost would that be for your for your secondary? It feels like all hands on deck this week. Try to get through this game, step up pass rush, and then next week Garrett Williams, Jalen Thompson, and Buda Baker could all join you in Seattle to take on Geno Smith and DK Metcalf. I, I think that's that's best case scenario. Um, and to your point, like Buda Baker, they they were cautious with this injury, right? That put him on injury reserve. Nobody assumed it would be uh season ending Gannon was pretty adamant Booty's going to play again this year uh I think I think he's activated next week and but I mean that's that's very much the preamble to the to the main story which is Kyler Murray and we've talked about it at nauseum Kyler Murray another week on pup when technically he didn't have to be right he's been eligible to return for two weeks they've passed on it now we're trending toward okay if you do not activate him next week you're looking at in my opinion with how cautious they're being with Garrett Williams in practice three weeks, if they don't activate him this week, you're looking at middle of November, in my opinion, to get Kyler Murray back. If you're going to, if you're going to take this long to activate him, I'll go on record. I think Kyler Murray is activated next week. Again, I said this on the show earlier this week. I had a source text me that they would be shocked if he's not activated to begin practicing next week. Now we have been told Bo Brock, friends of this program, close to the team, the Cardinals want to get him two weeks of full practice mm -hmm. to be able to start him that next Sunday. I am not, these sources have been right more often than not in the past. What I would say though is, again, with Garrett Williams, if he's not activated this weekend, I get it. He's a baby. He's a, he's a rookie. Right. It's like, will they probably just use that additional week for Kyler Murray? Maybe. So hypothetically, if Kyler Murray is activated with Buda Baker next week, I think that. The, the timeline for him to play will either be at home against Baltimore or at Cleveland uh, the following week behind that. 
Yeah, when Jonathan Gannon was asked by our Howard Balzer, you know, are, are they expecting to kind of wear out the 21-day window when it's, when it's open? Is that something that is making them pause uh, as far as when they decide to designate him to return because you've got those three weeks, and if he's not ready by three weeks, you know, either have to activate him or he's gone for the rest the entire season. So, you know, Gannon responded with, you know, that, that plays – a minor role in this. It's not the main thing. I mean, the main thing is Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray telling him, Hey, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to start this process. I'm ready to take, go from the the medical bucket, the rehab bucket to let's get me on the, on the practice field. Let's start to ramp me up uh, for playing football again and, and, and taking snaps and, and starting to learn this offense outside of the classroom and on the playing of the practice field. So, you know, Jonathan Gannon expressed that, you know, he, he said that, you know, Kyler Murray is going to tell him ultimately. And then, you know, once the, and, and they've got a pretty good idea of, of when they will designate him to return, but, you know, won't won't pretty much tell us anything as far as when that could be. But if you're just kind of reading the tea leaves and, and kind of looking, you know, from what we've seen from Kyler Murray via social media, what we've heard from Jonathan Gannon, you know, what he said in press conferences, what he's said in radio interviews, you know, we expect to see enough of Kyler Murray, a good amount of Kyler Murray this season. Uh, then that's, we're, we're right around that ballpark. We're approaching it to where, you know, we don't want to make him look like he's not telling the truth there. And I don't think that there's some gamesmanship to Jonathan Gannon, but just outright lying to some to to people, it's not something that I've, I've witnessed so far. Yeah, good amount to me is half the year. And it, and le- anything less than that, I mean, g- that's not good. That's that's a that's a small amount. The sample size is, is small. Michael in the chat saying, how many days did Dobbs have? Dobbs had... I think about a week and a half to get ready. We talked about five practices. I think I have five or six practices. But this the difference between that and Kyler's situation. We've talked about it. Kyler hasn't practiced, period. Dobbs went through a whole training camp in preseason with the Browns, had familiarity with this offense. Like Kyler Murray has not played in a practice since last November. And so you're going to have to have a learning curve as it relates to taking snaps under center, going through the cadence with it. He's never played with Michael Wilson before. He's never run a structured well, team. Well, neither had Dobbs. I mean, Dobbs didn't know any. I mean, he didn't know who Wilson that really was. The commanders. the commanders, the passing game was bad. Wasn't yeah. good. But I, they picked it up, and get, I'll give them credit. But I, this is, in my opinion, Bo, this is not the same as Dobbs' timeline versus Kyler Murray's timeline. Like, I think Kyler Murray's in shape to come back and play. But, I mean... Being working out on the side for six months and ramping up and thinking about one thing, getting my knee ready, and then flip on a script and like, okay, now I have to go play football and, yeah. and lead 10 other guys in a huddle. That's completely different. Whereas, like, Dobbs was just doing that for the right. Cleveland Browns, albeit with like their third stringers during preseason games. He was in a huddle, he was going through live reps. Right. Kyle Murray will not have the benefit outside of practice of a live rep before he plays an NFL game. Like, yeah, there's, 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 you're going to throw him into the fire. There's, there's a big difference between being in shape, which Kyler Murray is. Everybody right. in that locker room is in shape and football shape. I mean, Maje right. Sanders is, has stayed in shape. He even got the benefit of, of training camp before his hand injury. And he told us yesterday he was absolutely gassed. I mean, he was he was trying to catch his breath, just trying to get back in the football shape. And they weren't like – they weren't throwing much at him. I mean, I didn't see him in the closed portion of practice and how many reps he got. And, you know, that pass rush rotation, it's, it's deep. So you can't imagine he's out there for an extended amount of time. But you're a quarterback. You're on the field for every single play. 
I mean, if they have a if they have a 12 play drive and march down the field, awesome. But you know, is Kyler Murray going to be in shape for that? Is he going to be able to to do that and do all the things that makes Kyler where he's running out of the pocket and he's he's putting a ton of yards on his on his legs uh, just to make one play downfield? Like we, we haven't seen that yet. So yeah, you, there is going to be that part of it as well. Just him kind of getting his football legs after you know rehabbing his knee, getting to where it needs to get to this hopefully this point coming soon. Get to some of these super chats. You guys are crushing it here on a Friday. Hit that like button. Uh, Jalen Blair, $5 super chat. Kyler is on nine months post-surgery last week. We we're expecting him to heal like Wolverine, question yes. mark. Let our guy get healthy. <laughs> I mean, like, here, here's the thing. And everything is is not all black and white. There's gray areas with, with returning. We talked about it last night, Bo. Like, Zach Ertz tore his ACL just before Kyler Murray, but far later than Garrett Williams did, and he's been active and playing since week one. He was act he was active during the latter half of the preseason. And so, I, I, again, like I think there was hope that Kyler Murray could come back sooner because he's in his mid-20s. He's an elite athlete, top 10 in both football and baseball, uh, respectfully being drafted. But, again, what they're showing you right now is I think the, the longer this goes, the more that they're saying – We've, maybe we've seen what we need to see. Kyler's going to be our guy, and we got to be immensely certain. I mean, you see Gannon and him at practice chumming it up. I'm sure K1's just in his ear saying, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, and we know he's looks fantastic, but they have to be careful because, again, the wrong slip during a game and practice, you, God forbid you rehamper the injury. I mean, it, it's... It, you, you're, maybe you're not in a position even to take a quarterback after the fact that, that happens yeah. and any kind of trade value of Kyler Murray goes out the window. So I, I understand that you waiting longer is better for everybody, most in particular Kyler Murray. So I it doesn't bother me, but I, I get where the fan base is anxious because it's been teased for so long now at this point. I think that everything that Kyler Murray can do to this point, like they've liked, right? But mm -hmm. there's a certain there's a threshold for this organization's decision makers from Monty to to JG that they they can take that, but you got to show it on the grass, and they haven't seen that yet. I mean, they've seen it on tape. JG's prepared for him as a DC, and Monty, I'm sure, has done as thorough of his evaluation as anybody as, as far as you know his quarterback goes because he understands you know what he's either tying himself to or what he could would have to seriously consider potentially moving off of if that's the decision he wants to make. So, uh, but I, they, they like, I think they really like what they've seen, but they, they're continually going to keep their options options open. But, you know, a big part of this is when he gets back on the practice field, how he looks and then how he goes from the practice field to the playing field. And, Oh, you just got to hope that it's going to be soon enough to where it isn't, where you only get, you know, seven, six games. But, you know, I, I still think that these, especially Gannon and Imani, they're gonna, that's going to be enough that they're going to be able to make a decision that's going to be best for this organization going forward. You all should make a decision right now as it relates to Kyler Murray and his next home game, potentially for the Arizona Cardinals, buying tickets via the Game Time app. Baltimore, uh, how about Houston potentially coming to town or they go to Houston. Atlanta in November is a hot ticket right now. Game time is going to save you money with the promo code PHNX. 20 bucks off your first purchase. I mentioned it, Bo. Fam went out to the game last weekend, had a great time despite the loss. Got pretty good seats for 60 bucks total. Two seats from 
60 bucks and then they got like a parking pass for four or five dollars all through game time it's cheaper than like going out to eat right now is going to an nfl game using the game time app again it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason minimal fees all that bs that come with every other third-party ticketing app it's cut away with game time it's just about one thing and that's saving you money and again it it rewards procrastinators so there's a good chance the longer you wait to buy assuming you're using that bonus code phnx the better deal you're going to get. Now, with this impending Kyler Murray return, Buda Baker back in action, hopefully next week, prices, I, I would think, start to go up with the Arizona Cardinals. So game time is where you want to be. Terms and conditions apply. Just download the app, create an account, use that bonus code PHNX, get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Again, PHNX is the redeem code. Check it out in the description. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Kyler's return, NLCS. You've got Coyote season just dropped the puck. Are they up 2-0? Is that what I saw? Juggernaut. Look out for the Yotes. My God. Check them out on game time. Use that promo code PHNX. Also, why not check out all these sports if you're not going to the event? Hang back, turn them on the tube, and then pop an OGs. That's a great Ooh. Friday night plan, right? That's a great yeah. plan for any night. Check out their mixed bag where they've got the fruits, they've got the creams. You can decide whether you're a fruit guy or gal or a fruit or a cream guy or gal. They've got the the best of both worlds in the 100 milligram fruits and creams mixed bags. You can find out if you like red apple or watermelon or blackberries and cream or orange creamsicle, which Cardinals legendary wide receiver Frank Sanders calls the goat gummy as far mm. as OGs goes. Check out their full product line, including like the uh, sleep time gummy. Yeah, they've got something for everything. You got trouble going to sleep, staying asleep. They got the sleep time gummy, the aquaberry flavor. It's at ogsbrands.com. You can find out all about their products there and then buy them in your local dispensary. Ogsbrands.com and on your socials at ogsbrands. Got to be 21 years or older. It's prediction time ahead of this weekend's game. L.A. hosting the Arizona Cardinals. But before we get to that, got a couple key matchups on the horizon for our Redbirds, Bo Brock. Let's start with Michael Wilson against the Rams secondary. Yeah, as we saw, 31st rank secondary and uh, Kobe Durant, big reason for that actually you look at issues just all over the secondary but you got to identify Durant who would primarily be on Wilson's side of the field and in coverage against their uh against their Z receiver here Michael Wilson 15 catches for 255 yards and two touchdowns both those came against the Niners and uh all but the, he only had the two catches in the in the previous game so most of those are through four weeks of play uh, and, and going up against the guy who's given up, surrendered 15 catches, 200 yards allowed, and had two penalties uh, in, in coverage. So Kobe Durant seems to be somebody that they can expose. I mean, I don't think that it's it's much better on the other side of the field for the Rams when you look at a, a fellow uh, Witherspoon who's been penalized, I believe, five times on the season. So you, you've got some options here with Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson to go against this this secondary. But I like this one, you know, with 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 Michael Wilson to have a bounce back, you know, big six foot two, almost six foot three receiver going up against a five eleven, um, not South Carolina product, South Carolina state product, Ooh. Kobe Durant, Kobe, uh, no Jalen Ramsey man in the secondary anymore. Those days are long over for the LA Rams. So yeah, I, <laughs> I love that matchup. And I think let's get Michael Wilson on quick screens. Let's get him on quick slants. Let's get him the ball and allow him to break tackles. Cause I think that again, he's got that, 
a capability in his game, and they haven't unlocked it yet. Um, now, the Cardinals need to unlock some pressure. We talked about in our first segment. You talked about the returning Jonathan Ledbetter against one of my draft crushes during the offseason, <laughs> TCU, now LA Rams guard Steve Avilia. Ledbetter, who is poised to return from a, what, two-week absence, eight pressures, seven hurries, one sack. Steve Avilia, who, again, could turn out to into a nice pro. He's not there yet, has surrendered 15 pressures allowed, three quarterback hits, and a sack. Uh, I think this is a combination. Ledbetter, let's get stills. The rookie looked fantastic last week. Let's just start sending people at number 73. Like, get after it, him. It, it's hard to play offensive linemen in the NFL. That's why I think not enough good things you can say about guys like Paris Johnson Jr., who are making it, frankly, look easy week in and week out. But the the Rams, if you're going to beat Stafford, you have to get in his face. You I, do. I need bodies barreling on top of Matthew Stafford by the end of that game. <laughs> Let the chips fall where they may. I also think Gannon does not like to blitz. I think this is a game where you just you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. Because if the Cardinals aren't winning, Bo, a quarter of the way in, with front four, with four-man pressure, you guys start sending people at Stafford's ass. And you yeah. up the gut. Make him uncomfortable because you're white. Like, get people in his face. This is, you know, I, I rip on Isaiah Simmons. This is what they, they they did once upon a time with Isaiah Simmons. Like, get tall men in front of Stafford to manipulate his, his vision looking downfield. And if he's able to hit Cooper Cup 30 yards downfield, miraculous throw and catch, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay being beat with that. What I'm not going to be okay with is if Ledbetter and Zayvon Collins and Dennis Gardeck are – unable to generate any kind of pressure and it's Stafford super comfortable like Joe Burrow was last week, five, six, seven seconds in the pocket, just dinking and dunking. That's why right. the completion percentage has been so high each of the last couple of weeks. So I, I'm going to give the defensive line and led better against Steve Avilia about a quarter. And if you don't have your shit together and it looks like last week and the week before that, then I'm starting, I'm sending the house and you just, you kind of let the chips fall where they may. I mean, it's Avila. It's, you know, combination of who they've been starting at center, whether it's, you know, Brian Allen's been dealing with injuries or uh, Coleman Shelton, who's been there as well at the center spot. And then Joe Noteboom, who's been brutal as far as uh, at the other guard spot. Like they are so vulnerable in the interior of this offensive line yeah. that this this no name Cardinals defensive line unit we know it because we've either been shouting obscenities about it or we we've been you know waxing poetic about this rotation that Rollis has sometimes worked uh, to a really good spot. It, it's got to be the latter there going up against the interior of this offensive line. Absolutely, Arizona pressure up the middle is key for Stafford, and that's where you can get it. I mean, we talk about Avila who's given up 15 pressures, and then you look at the rest of the guys. It's like you got Coleman Shelton who was the center there in spot, and he could be back out there again. He's also given up 15 pressures, and then next on it is Note Boone who's given up 13 pressures. Like. All the pressures coming up the middle against the Rams. Arizona Cardinals can't be the team that, you know, just like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow were struggling going into last week. It can't be a get-right game for the interior of the, of the Rams offensive line. It's got to start with Ledbetter and, and the team to say, oh, that's what we were missing. Led's been out. Bedwetter hasn't been out there. He's back out there. Let's get it going. How dare you, Mr. Bedwetter? Uh, are the Cardinals going to wet the bed this weekend? It's prediction time. I'll get it started, Bo Brock. Here's who I like and maybe what I don't like ahead of this Sunday's matchup. The offensive star, we've talked about it, Michael Wilson. If Cardinals are going to be in this game, number 14 has to play a part in it offensively. Like uh, Hollywood Brown can't do it by himself. Michael Wilson egregiously only two targets last week. He came down with one miraculous catch. 
Like, get this dude the ball in space. Um, Joshua Dobbs is not a good enough quarterback right now to not feed Michael Wilson the football. Like, with respect to everybody else, Zach Pascal and Zach Ertz, I don't want to see those targets. Not early in this game. Rotate off of Hollywood Michael Wilson, as we've talked about it for the entirety of the show. This Rams secondary is ass. If they're if they're <laughs> able to pressure well, or excuse me, to pass protect well, Cardinals offensive line is healthy and they're getting Dennis Daly back this week. It, they, you ought to be able to throw on this Rams secondary. Defensive star, he had an interception last week. Friend of the program, the Greg Dorch podcast, Kayvon Wallace. I think Kayvon Wallace right now is an NFL starting caliber safety and the Cardinals need him to step up with no Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker. This is one of Jonathan Gannon's favorite people on the Arizona Cardinals. They claimed him. He's been a stalwart right now. He's played almost hundred percent of the snaps since he's got here. I think he needs to set the tone and help these young cornerbacks on the back end the best that he can. He knows Puka. He knows Cooper cup playing in Philadelphia. They saw the LA Rams plenty of times. Obviously Puka's a rookie this year, but this, this should not be a, deer in the headlights kind of game for Kayvon Wallace as Brian Baldinger has said many times on this show he just needed opportunities Dobbs needed opportunities Kayvon Wallace fourth rounder out of Clemson needed opportunities and speaking of opportunities like Keontae Ingram it's now or never you want to be a part of this backfield in 2024 like I think Deer Mercado is going to get his touches there's only one player on this team that's going to get the ball in short yardage on the goal line third and two it's going to be Keontae Ingram respectfully for Deer Mercado Keontae Ingram has a very similar body type to James Conner. It's the reason they named him RB2 coming into this season. If you're a fantasy enthusiast, like this is who's going to be touching the ball in the red zone. So I think he he could help himself. He's been out for a couple of weeks. He's poised to return, as you said in the first segment, trending up with his neck injury. Like, let's, 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 let's help your teammates. Break some tackles. Do your best James Conner impression. Final score prediction, unfortunately, like 30 to 17 is what I'm going to go with. I hope it doesn't happen. But this defense to me, man, I got to see it. Can you hang and can they catch their breath for four quarters? If they can, I like the Cardinals' chances. The 17 points is more a reflection right now of the the defense just not being able to get off the field. Yeah, and, and look, I, the Rams have suffered, you know, some fourth quarter downfalls as well just because of their lack of depth in, as far as the talent deficiency against the rest of the league. And maybe in this game is is where the Cardinals can kind of keep it tighter than than we've seen at least the, the previous two weeks. But yeah. I, I like your predictions, and I think they're they're pretty solid. It's fantasy enthusiasts, I mean, you're talking to the number one fantasy team in, in the PHNX league right now. Uh, just beat up on Damon. I've already beat up on Johnny. So uh, it's it's an exciting time. Of course, yes, I am alone. a fantasy enthusiast. Uh, I'm probably the most enthusiastic. Let's say your predictions. Good hell, this is painful. Just move on. <laughs> Should we talk about Stafford's wife going into labor again? Can Dear we? God. Can we get her? Can we get her some pad thai, extra spicy? <laughs> Send her some sriracha with with that. Uh, yeah, let's get to this. This is gonna be a big Joshua Dobbs day, right? Joshua Dobbs had a decent first half before a catastrophic uh, pick six backed up on their own goal line. He's got to take care of the ball. He knows that, and he's got a big opportunity against a bad Rams secondary. We've talked about it all afternoon. Joshua Dobbs, it's got to be his type of day. I'm talking two to three passing touchdowns. If that's there, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be in this contest going up against the Rams in a potential shootout. Uh, but if they don't want it to be a shootout, if they need to get, if they want to get some stops, it's got to come from their defensive front, that front seven, and the guy that's been playing at you know the highest level this season has been Dennis the Barbarian Gardeck, and 
his four sacks, can he rack up some more sacks against this Rams offensive line? Now, of course, we talked about the pressure in the interior. They need to get that all game, and then they need to supplement it with the guys on the edge, and that has to be Dennis Gardeck. And then uh, my X factor actually is your defensive player of the game, Kayvon Wallace, because nice. the, the biggest difference maker has been this season has been whether or not the defense can get stops. So I think my X factor has to come from the defensive side of the football. Can they get enough stops? Can they get turnovers to put the Cardinals offense back out there on the field and not chasing points like they have the last two weeks? 34-24, I've got the Rams winning this one. I mean, um, just just hoping for, you know, a tighter count. I don't think this, this is a game that the Cardinals can't win. I mean, they beat right. Dallas for the love of God. Week. Right. But, you know, what we've seen, the trends are telling us, you know, that this has been a team that has gone away in the fourth quarter and the, the talent deficiency it, and discrepancy between them and the other NFL teams is, is has been flexed. And the Arizona Cardinals, they got to do something to combat that. And, you know, I think they're capable of doing it. But Nick Rollis in this defense, you know, I'm, I'm putting the emphasis on them to to keep them in this game, to, to get those stops and those turnovers that are necessary in order to get a dub. Dylan Richards saying in the chat, one in five, yuck. And again, like that, it's, it's going to be so fascinating to watch this team with players on the horizon coming back, seeing if they can't weather the storm in these next couple of weeks, like can they somehow scratch and claw and get a win against the Rams or the, the Seahawks or Baltimore at home, get some momentum. Cause that the soft spot of that schedule is coming up. I mentioned it, Houston, Atlanta, right? The Browns right now are an absolute shit show shambles starting yeah. uh, XFL quarterbacks. They're wishing they had our boy, Joshua Dobbs. Instead they bench DTR. Like there's a point in November where the schedule flips and it's a lot of meh. Can the Cardinals get to that point? With more than one win, I think they can. Maybe it starts this week. We're excited to break it down because we're going to be with all of you this Sunday with our friends at BetMGM at the Great Lawn State Farm Stadium. Come out. It's the watch party of all watch parties. As Bo and I have mentioned time and time again, you rock a little merch from the PHNX merchandise locker, hat and or shirt. It can be something other than PHNX Cardinals. We'll forgive you, right? Ah. There's a lot of banger sports right now going on in the Valley covered only Not just by Cardinals. PHNX Sports. At the elite level, we're going to hook you up with a brewski on the house. Come out, definitive watch party, myself, Bulbrock, Britton Golden, former Arizona Cardinal wide receiver, pre-halftime, post-game show. And in the meantime, perfect primer to get ready for Sunday. Uh, And next Sunday, we've got a watch party. Go PHNX.com, become a diehard, read the many workings of the great PHNX Cardinal beat reporter Howard Balzer. 90% of his articles are free. That's sweet, sweet 10%. You got to sign up to become a diehard. Every single year, you're a diehard. You're going to get copped a hat and or shirt for free. You're also going to get 20% off all future events with PHNX Cardinals. But guess what? Watch along starting this Sunday. They are free. Become a diehard. Head out to BetMGM this weekend. Let's have a great time. Yep. And you can also, uh, PHNX is going to save you a little bit of money on some great sunglasses. You can use the promo code PHNX. Go to ShadyRays.com. Check out their full product line. Figure out which sunglasses are for you. Uh, your friends, your family, they're premium polarized shades. It's incredible that are built to last. And if they don't last, they break. 
You lose them. Shady Rays is going to replace them with an insane protection plan. You, you, you break them, you lose them. They're going to pretty much replace them, no questions asked. They have your back long after your purchase. But check out which sunglasses you are going to purchase. ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code PHNX to get 50% off two or more pairs of premium polarized sunglasses. This is a price point well over 100 uh, under, under 100 bucks. So you're not spending, you're not breaking the bank already, but then you're going to save even more money using that promo code PHNX. Uh, we've got great content going up on our YouTube page, Johnny, uh, including an interview you did uh, with the athletic, talented athletic writer, uh, Kalen Kohler, who wrote the uh, story about the troublesome, possibly toxic work culture at the Cardinals facility. Yeah, I had a chance to sit with her um, yesterday and talk about her article. I encourage everybody to go read it. See for yourself at The Athletic and uh, senior NFL writer, she had put this article together over the course of the last few months since the suit that came out against the Cardinals from uh, ex-Vice President Terry McDonough, then, of course, the NFLPA grades. This is less on the field, if you read the article, and more off the field with just team employees, like everyday regular employees that think, hey, I'm going to work for the Cardinals. It's my dream job. And unfortunately, in some cases, that dream turned into a nightmare reality, specifically mm-hmm. for people of color and, and women in the office. So uh, the Cardinals... To their credit, are trying to. They've acknowledged the article. They've responded. Michael Bidwell put out a statement, basically saying, "I'm not perfect. I'm working every day to get better." The Cardinals are trying to improve as a culture within their work environment, according to Kalen. So again, the article is fantastic. But at the end of the day, it's like this team has a microscope on them for for all the wrong reasons off the field. And I think that at the end of the day. The only way this is going to change is for articles like this to people to call them out on their shortcomings. You want the best people to want to come work for your franchise. That includes the GM, the players, the scouts, and then people like the HR department, accounting, finance. You're not going to get the best people if there's a perception, fair or not, of how you treat your employees. So always trying to be better. There was a reason they were 31st in the NFL PA grades. Like that's not nothing. That's mm-hmm. players telling you this is not good enough. This is. This is people that worked within the facility saying this is not good enough. So I know a lot of people are like, stop hating on the team. We got to remember, these are people's lives that are being affected by this and they just want to see positive change. And that's, you know, something we want to try to highlight on this show, Bo. Yeah, it's not, you know, making the same mistakes <clears throat> over and over again. And, and it's trying right. to look at why this organization has had its shortcomings. And, you know, it, it's it isn't us just hate. It's not a Florio take. It's just like, no. this is bad. It's always going to be bad. You know, there's been the acknowledgement from the ownership, but look, when you hit the full reset button and you had the people in the business in, in that, in this, in this organization that have been in this organization for over two decades, that were the main decision makers, there's going to be a lot of skeletons in those closets and they're going to continue to come out. And the one thing I will say is, is you do have to differentiate between, you know, the previous organization and decision makers and still Michael Bidwell is a part of that. And he's not going away because this article didn't have any smoking gun that was going to lead or is going to lead to him selling this team. But there was an acknowledgement of poor performance from him as a, as a leader, but also you have to keep in mind, Monty Osford and Jonathan Gannon weren't a part of that problem. And I no. think that they're actually a part of the solution going forward. So, I mean, you can look at an Arizona animal saying hit piece. I mean, I, I disagree. I don't think it's a hit piece. I think it's just, you know, unearthing and, and exposing some, some alleged issues that they had, but that they're working on. And it's, it's going to, it's going to take some time. And it's unfortunate that, that people, you know, said it was, and I'm paraphrasing, it was, it was a nightmare to go to work. And then they didn't have an HR department 
to for talk 10 to years. Them, like, which is outrageous. I want everybody to think right now, if you work in a professional work environment, there's probably a place for you to go if something were to happen and somebody for you to talk to pertaining to this article and the yeah. information they outlined and the Cardinals attested to this. They didn't have an HR rep until like 2019, 2020, which yeah. is just absolutely ridiculous for a billion dollar franchise in the National Football League. It's, it's right. unbelievable. Here's what I'll say, you know, McDonough. Though, come on, that's Arizona Animal saying, like, are, are we taking what Terry McDonough, a disgruntled former employee that, you know, I think the new regime identified as somebody they didn't want to move forward with. Uh, and, and you'd seen kind of outlined from the Cardinals' behalf about Terry McDonough. I, I, I do think it's kind of a, a lot like uh, Jose Canseco in his role in exposing Major League right. Baseball. For the worst player you know PD. just made a good point. The, that's the meme come to life. What's that? The worst person you know just said just said something you agree with, basically. Right. Like right, right. McDonough can be wrong in a lot of how he goes about things, but what he's saying, as you mentioned, the whistleblower with with Jose Canseco, like it can be true too. There's probably right. a lot of truth to what he said, and and it's enabled, fair or not, a lot of people to come out and speak on on the culture with this with this team or the former culture. Like I I will say, the article reflects a lot of what happened like 18, 24 months ago. So they're actively working on it, but that doesn't mean that they get to escape everything that went on. It's like, right. Oh, we're going to run it. Who's also mentioned it was somebody who's unceremoniously left the organization. He, I think yeah. after the Kime uh, DUI, he, he got his own DUI and left just months afterwards and probably doesn't, didn't leave on great terms. And I'm just like, I, I don't know that for sure, but you know, the way that he's speaking up and I'm sure he's, he's got, uh, it, it's not for him just trying to, to get these people, um, you know, some sort of closure or, or some yeah. sort of resolution to this, but, and, and, and like, but I look at the article as a whole and, and Kalen did a good job in reaching out to, to people, not like those guys, uh, and, and got some, some insight that that's alarming, but also with the new leadership in place. And I've seen this in the chat too, is like JG money, like everything I've seen from these guys, I, they wouldn't put up with that shit. Well, and the best thing that they can do cliche is for them to win, to showcase to Michael Bidwell yeah. that the less you are involved with the day-to-day -day football operations, fair or not, and letting the football people do the work, the more we're going to have success. Like you and I have argued for a long time. Like we're not going to say, it's fair or not, Michael Bid will sell the team. This is Dan Snyder. It, it hasn't reached that level. But uh, what I will say is I think Michael Bidwell would be best served hiring like a, a team president, somebody who's run another franchise um, or another uh, football organization. And then that person reports to Michael Bidwell. And you just you want a bunch of qualified, mostly external people that have done this at a high level, that have produced results like Austin Ford and Gannon to come here and show you how it's done. And that doesn't have to just be on the football side of things, as this article depicts. Like they've hired some new external HR people. They hired a third-party service to come in and conduct interviews with their employees. Like I, I think at the end of the day, I love this franchise, but it's been owned by the same family for the longevity, for the most part, of its lifetime. And they have never won a championship. They've never won a Super Bowl. They're, they have the longest championship drought in professional sports. The minute the Chicago Cubs won a World Series – the Cardinals are next in line. And so I think you should, if if it's not working, you should always be looking yeah. to tweak. And Michael Bidwell, fair or not, this offseason, in light of every, the easy solution could have been Vance Joseph, Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson said, no, we got to fix all of this. And he went out and got an external GM. 
And he went out and got a head coach that's a true leader of men, not just a, you know, an offensive guy like Sean Payton. So they are actively trying and it can be remedied, Bo Brock. Yeah. And look, it's it's a process, right? And it's a working process. I mean, and especially for at top, at the top. I mean, did he make the right decision with with pivoting? to out external candidates like Monty Osfort and then Monty Osfort picking Jonathan Gannon. Like, yes, but still a work in progress as far as that goes. If, if he's going to continue as the president, Michael Bidwell of this organization, then, you know, if, if he's willing to say, hey, I made some mistakes in the past and, I, and I'm working on it, paraphrasing, and then that's, I mean, that's really all you can, you can do at this point. But there's still going to be ugly things that are going to be said about this franchise that's inevitable just without things operated for, for far too long. We've talked about it. You know, you can overcome some some shaky ownership habits when you get the right people involved and yep. can instill a new way of looking at a franchise. The Cardinals are doing renovations to their Tempe facility. They've made renovations to their stadium of how they how they treat their players and their families. So again, I know we don't like when this stuff comes out about our favorite team. In a in a weird indirect way, it helps the people that are quote unquote suffering the most. And so that that's something important to to remember because this stuff. I mean, with the franchises are quote unquote buttoned up and winning, like you don't hear about this stuff happening in Kansas City. Like you don't hear about this stuff happening ever in, in Green Bay. Like th this is something that the Cardinals, if they want to join the big boy echelon, now San Francisco, right? Like you got to be able to be buttoned up off the field too. Yep. Well said. That interview is going to be well. Right now, it's on in our on our audio only podcast, which is available wherever you find them. But also, we've got the interview dropping tomorrow. Same thing with our key matchup video. And uh, if you haven't checked out our draft conversation that we had, we had our first PHNX Cardinals NFL draft episode. It's live on YouTube, and it will be live in podcast form tomorrow. Big game on Sunday, Johnny Cardinals Rams. Another NFC West showdown. Hopefully, the Cardinals can avoid. Uh, the first three-game losing streak of the Jonathan Gannon era on Sunday. I'm here for it. Let's hope. Let's make it happen. Do we have our gut meter? Where's our gut meter? Are we gonna Do fucking we dare look at guys? it this week. Uh oh. Oh, my gut needs some tums. We don't have any juice. We need to get that. I hope. I hope the only gut that's like at nearly bursting the seams as far as is the uh, soon to be in labor. Sean McBay, baby mama. Like, I hope she's, she's right. She's, I need to get off the show today with my co-host. He's just, are you going to be in shambles? We're going to be at Ben MGM Sunday and McVay's going to be there. His wife's going to be pregnant. And say, yeah, baby, let's go. And you're going to be like, son of a bitch. That's what right. happened to my master plan of sending your Buffalo wings to <laughs> extra spicy, baby. <laughs> It's like when I went to Zips and they're like, Johnny, I don't think you can handle these wings. And I said, I can do it. Oh. And subsequently, my mouth was on fire. But uh, <laughs> you guys have been fantastic here on a football Friday. One more quick favor. Everybody like this video. Let's get it to 200 likes on a football Holy Friday. Would be chef's kiss. Again, Supreme you know I heard. I heard if we get it to 200 likes, McVay is going <laughs> to labor. I can't, I can't <laughs> do it anymore. PHNX Sports is your go-to for Valley Sports. Again, like... You know, there's a lot of questions about where can I access this? Who's doing what? What's going on with this TV station? I'm going to tell you right now, pre-post game shows for your definitive Valley sports teams. Coyotes are, looks like, going to be 1-0 to start this year. Knock on wood. We've got a post game coming up with Lee and company. Fabulous job. They've got a watch along. watch along. You can actually jump over there right now. They're watching Check the game. 
Check out the watch long. The Suns are an absolute wagon. The Diamondbacks are defying odds. Left By the way, right. they're down three to two. I know you just. Oh my god! No, I just. <laughs> how did they get? They were up two nothing. They're down. Coyotes are back, baby. If there's ever sign, our precious Coyotes are back. <laughs> up two to nothing. Now down three to two. But again, instant analysis from uh, PD, Leah, and the rest of the crew. Fabulous job. Suns podcast. I mean, if you haven't checked out the Suns squad, they are locked and ro- loaded for a championship run. And speaking of championships, Diamondbacks, two series away from locking up an inexplicable yet well-deserved World Series title. And then you got a couple just a couple bros hanging out <laughs> on a football Friday. ASU, Wildcats, Rising, everything you want right here. Subscribe to PHNX Sports. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you at BetMGM this weekend. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 